Hello and welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers, brothers in Christ, working hard to become the men that God has called us to be. I am your host, Charlie Ungemach. I'm a teacher, a coach, music director, and a man of God, myself working toward the goal of, like David, being a man after God's own heart. We're happy you could join us. Now it's time to roll up our sleeves, to gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. Hey guys, welcome back. My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you're listening to my podcast. I come to you this morning humbled. Um, and a little bit embarrassed and ashamed. First of all, I'm humbled because I looked at the numbers on this podcast for the first time in a while, and I was blown away by the number of people listening. I'm not going to share that number with you because that's not what this is all about, and that's not my my point. Uh, I just, I'm, frankly, I'm humbled that anybody's listening. <laughs> Why you'd want to hear my voice even more, uh, it, man? It's it, it's it's a work of the Lord that people are listening and that this is making an impact. I'm also humbled today, though, because it became very apparent in a couple different phases of my life just how woefully inadequate I am and, and how much work there is still yet to be done. And that, that's why I started this podcast was so that I would continue down this journey toward being what I ought to be and being the man that I want to be. And, uh, man, I just I took one in the chin a couple times today because... Things came to light that I either hadn't handled myself appropriately or spoke hastily or chose to use, you know, aggressive language that I probably shouldn't have used a couple of times and it bit me in the backside. And I got really, really down on myself for a while today because I was looking at myself saying, how on earth can I possibly be worthy of the burden that the Lord has laid on me? How can I possibly be the guy that the Lord has sent forth with this message of peace. There's no way I'm actually good enough to do this. I have such glaring weaknesses, and sometimes I sin so boldly. It amazes me and surprises me. And uh, like I said, it's humbling that the Lord has chosen me to do the work of the kingdom and uh, that he would allow me to be his mouthpiece in, in any way, shape, and form. is amazing and humbling. <laughs> it's really stinking cool. But I'm definitely not the first man ever to feel that way or to think that way. That that idea that I am woefully insufficient. And I'm not alone in that. The Apostle Paul, actually, we've talked about him before. He talked about this too. He says in Romans chapter 7, verses 15 and 19, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Even Paul, the greatest of the apostles, called himself the chief of sinners. He lamented his own ability to do anything good. This is a trend in scripture, actually. Uh, The idea is that God uses people who don't think they're good enough, people who, who, who aren't in any way qualified to do his bidding. And if you don't believe me, stay tuned because we're going to prove it. Um, first, we're going to talk about Gideon. I love Gideon. Gideon is... Man, he, he's the guy, if you remember him, he's the guy that fought the Midianites with only 300 men. Uh, he's the one who, like, they surrounded the Midianites with 300 men and they routed them by, by God's power. The Spirit came upon him. But if you've never heard the story of how he was called, man, this thing is shocking and awesome. Judges chapter 6 paints a picture for us 
Uh, and it goes something like this. Israel, at this time, is overpowered by the Midianites. It gets so bad at one point that the Israelites flee to the mountains. The men of the Israelites flee to the mountains and hide in the crags and cliffs of the mountains. They don't even want to be seen. The Midianites come through every year, and they trample all the crops. They camp on top of the crops and kill them. And they kill all the animals and steal all the Israelites' goods so that now they're not only are they hiding, but now they're completely beaten and they're completely broke. They've got no money. So God's people have been brought out of Egypt into the promised land, and now they're living in poverty and fear because the Midianites have completely taken over. And in the middle of this scene, we find Gideon, who at this point is just a salty young man who's, who's threshing wheat at a wine press. And I don't know if you know about wine presses, but they're usually a contained area, whereas threshing floors would be an area where wind can blow through. But Gideon is so stinking scared that the Midianites are going to see him threshing grain and steal all his grain that he's hiding while he's threshing his grain. And to this little scared wimp of a man, the angel of the Lord comes and says these words, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. In response, Gideon looks up and he goes, pretty much, oh, buzz off, you jerk. If God really is with us, then how come he's letting us get pushed around by your enemies? What happened to all those great things our parents and grandparents used to tell us about? Now the Lord has abandoned us. He does not care. But the angel of the Lord, God bless him, the angel of the Lord says, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? He doesn't even respond. He says, Gideon, go do what I'm asking you to do. Gideon still doesn't believe it, though, and he doesn't get it. He says, okay, do you realize who you're talking to? My family is the weakest in town, and I am the least in my family. In other words, he's saying, man, I'm trailer trash. Like, I'm garbage. My family's trash. I'm trash, and I'm not going to do it. But the Lord says, I'll be with you. Go and do it. And Gideon asks for some signs, and the Lord um, shows him that the Lord is really with him, but eventually Gideon goes. It takes two signs from God, but Gideon steps up, and he goes out and does it and starts an epic and inspiring journey from being a nothing, a nobody, threshing his grain in a hidden wine press to being the judge of Israel, the leader. He becomes one of the greatest judges of Israel, and what is it, like 8,000 years later, we're still telling his story. Like, I'm still podcasting about him. Thousands of years later. That's pretty incredible for a guy that started out as nothing. What about Moses? You remember Moses? Moses grew up in Pharaoh's household and then kills a guy, murders a guy, goes on to run. Now his own people hate him because they all think he's a murderer, and Egypt hates him because they know he's a murderer, and he's hiding in the desert for decades when the Lord comes to him and says, I want you to go and lead my people. And Moses is like, nope, not me, not doing it. And then the Lord's like, Moses, I'm choosing you. You're going to go. He goes, Lord, I can't even talk. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I can't do what you're telling me to do. And the Lord says, Moses, I am sending you. I will give you Aaron. You can be your mouthpiece. You need to go and set Israel free. And Moses looks at the Lord and says, Lord, go find somebody else. I'm not doing it. But the Lord is patient. He still uses Moses. And the guy that made himself out to be a bum turns out to be the greatest leader in Old Testament history. He not only leads them out of slavery in Egypt, but takes them all the way to this doorstep of the promised land and writes like half the Old Testament. 
Jeremiah did the same thing. The Lord comes to Jeremiah and says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah goes, Ah, Lord, I'm, I can't, I don't know how to talk. I'm just a kid. And the Lord says, do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Don't be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah said he couldn't do it. Jeremiah didn't want to go. King Saul went and hid in the baggage on his own inauguration day. David wasn't even home when Samuel came there to send out for the, to the fields to get him. Jacob was on the run because he stole his brother's inheritance. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, Don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, but set the example. The message here is simple. None of us, from King David to Moses to Gideon to Timothy to Paul, none of us are really truly qualified by merit, by anything we've done to do God's work. But the Lord doesn't choose us based on what we've done. The Lord chooses us based on his grace. Paul says that where sin increases, grace increases all the more. In other words, the people who have the most sin, the most skeletons in their closet, the most to be forgiven for, have the greatest understanding of grace and mercy because they've experienced it in such great measure. One of the most impactful things I've ever read were the following words. God does not seek silver vessels, just yielded ones. He's not looking for perfect men to go out and share the gospel. He knows there aren't any. That's why he sent his son to forgive us. He knew that we couldn't do it on our own. Instead, he fills us up with grace and mercy and forgiveness and says, go, go pick up your cross and follow me. I have a plan for you, plan to give you hope in a future. Trust me. Listen to me. Let me use you. We all face guilt and we all make mistakes. And, but that does not disqualify us for the work that the Lord has prepared for us. Use it instead as fuel. Fuel to go forward and do things differently. Fuel to improve yourself, to become more godly. Use it as ammunition to fire at your old Adam so that you can drown him in daily sorrow and contrition. Don't let your past and your mistakes define you. Let God's grace define you and prepare yourself for a future of grace and peace and service in God's kingdom here on earth. Trust the work the Father is doing in your life. Lean into his grace and mercy. Walk boldly in the way that he has laid out for you. And look forward with great anticipation to the day you hear the Lord say those words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. You can find more episodes just like this one on iTunes or SoundCloud under the name The Gird Up Podcast. You can follow me, Charlie Ungamak, at on Instagram at Coach Ungamak on Facebook as Charlie Ungamak, or you can email me on the good old email at coachungamak at gmail.com. Please make sure you leave a review for this podcast. Make sure we get good ratings. And 
It's time now to go be the man that God has created you to be. God bless.